You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. Apple patches Safari and OS X against Trident Zero Days. The press takes a look at the cyber arms market. Policy wonks and politicians speak in favor of cyber offense, and militaries speak up for nuance. How companies and governments adjust to a difficult cyber labor market. The contribution of interface design to security, responsible disclosure, stock shorting, and the importance of cooperation between vendors and researchers. And Guccifer gets four years. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary and week in review for Friday, September 2nd, 2016. In response to discovery of the Trident Zero Days and their exploitation by spyware kits, Apple last week patched iOS. Yesterday, Cupertino pushed out patches to OS X, both Mavericks and Yosemite versions, and to its Safari browser. Users are advised to update their systems. The threat of exploitation is both clear and present. Lookout and Citizen Lab exposed the Trident Zero Days early in August when their investigation of an Emirati activist iPhone revealed a Pegasus infestation. They disclosed the bugs quietly to Apple, then to the world when Apple patched iOS. Companies who develop and sell lawful intercept products continue to receive the attention of the industry press. Motherboard has reported obtaining what it regards as a window into the government market for hacking tools. Motherboard is running a story on a catalog from an Indian firm, Aglaya, the magazine obtained. The brochure offers weaponized information. Some of the products and services on offer involve surveillance, other security, still others manipulation of search results, for example, tools for information operations. Aglaya says the brochure was an offer to one specific customer. Motherboard notes that the company isn't a large one, but it believes the prospectus isn't atypical of the wares being sold in that government marketplace. That's government with a small g. Many countries' security services at least browse the stalls in this particular market. Some surprisingly bellicose talk about cyber warfare came from North America this week. Canadian media are discussing a call for offensive cyber capabilities issued by John Adams, the former head of that country's communications security establishment. Adams argued in a July paper that Ottawa would be negligent were it to forego development of cyber weapons. In his view, Canada should expect to be attacked in cyberspace, and it will need a retaliatory capability. In the U.S., presidential candidate Clinton promised that if elected, she would respond militarily to cyber attacks. Speaking Wednesday to the American Legion, the largest U.S. Veterans Association, candidate Clinton specifically put Russia, China, North Korea, and Iran on notice. The promise was, we note, of a military response, not necessarily a lethal or kinetic military response. And we also note that the U.S. Department of Defense and Intelligence community have been offering a more nuanced take on cyber conflict, observing that there are distinctions to be drawn among crimes, espionage, and acts of war. Such distinctions tend to blur in the heat of political discourse. 
The U.S. Army's Cyber Command earlier this week offered an interesting perspective on cyber conflict. Unlike intelligence collection, which should be quiet, the soldiers say, offensive cyber operations ought to be loud, unambiguous, and unmistakable. U.S. elections aren't the only ones being targeted in advance of voting. FireEye says that APT3, the Chinese cyber espionage group, has spearfished its way into at least two Hong Kong agencies involved with Sunday's upcoming elections in the city. Looking back at the week's industry news and rumors, the labor market for pen testers is very hot. Companies continue to have difficulty finding security talent. So do governments. The U.S. Department of Defense is said to be looking for recruits who look more DEFCON than they do G.I. Joe or G.I. Jane. A bit later, we'll hear from Level 3's Dale Drew about how his company has found some creative ways to approach staffing. Colorado-based Logrhythm picked up $50 million in investment this week. Publicly traded security companies continue to jockey for position in the stock market as traders look for value and results, expectations, and new directions in corporate strategy. One hedge fund, Muddy Waters Capital, and one security company, MedSec, engaged in a controversial bit of disclosure reporting vulnerabilities in St. Jude medical pacemakers, then shorting St. Jude's stock. St. Jude says the research is shoddy and stands by both its products and the company's commitment to patient safety. Reaction to the Muddy Waters and MedSec move has been decidedly mixed. The big rumor at week's end is that Hewlett-Packard Enterprises is said to be hawking its software business to Toma Bravo, hoping to realize between 8 and $10 billion from a sale. Reuters cites people familiar with the matter as its authority for the story. Concerns about cybercrime continue to focus on ransomware. Familiar variants and vectors continue to work damage, and as always, good backup is prudent. F-Secure reports finding a firmware vulnerability in Inteno EG500, FG101, and DG201 routers. The company says that other models may also be affected, but that Inteno hasn't been willing to cooperate with F-Secure in checking for the bugs. We heard from Tripwire's Craig Young, who commented on the benefits of vendor-researcher cooperation. Quote, It's always difficult when vendors are not willing to work with researchers. Unfortunately, this is the world we live in, and as a result, there are hundreds of thousands of easily exploited routers indexed on Shodan with publicly available exploits. Routers are in control of so much data and expose a great deal of attack surface, yet they are one of the most overlooked elements in home security. End quote. And finally, Guccifer, that's the actual Guccifer, Marcel Lazar of political poning fame, and not the Guccifer 2.0 sock puppet shilling for Cozy Bear and Fancy Bear, has received his day in court. He'll be serving four years in a U.S. prison. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero-trust-ai.
Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. Joining me once again is Dale Drew. He's the Chief Security Officer at Level 3 Communications. Dale, it's certainly no secret that there's uh, major staffing shortages in the cybersecurity industry, but uh, you all have come up with some methodologies that are pretty clever to try to deal with some of these shortages. You know, trying to identify qualified security personnel uh, to, to place them within a security practice is becoming more and more challenging as that market becomes more and more demanding. Um, and so, yeah, we've had to absolutely be creative in being able to find the right talent with the right culture and the right mindset to be able to provide continuing and evolving security capability to, uh, to our company. And so, you know, one of the things that we've learned um, over over this is to to identify the mindset that we're after, not necessarily the the security training, but but the mindset that we're after and how we can adapt that mindset to more uh, of, of a security mindset. Uh, so we've had a tremendous amount of, of uh, success in hiring mu- hiring musicians, as an example. And so, um, you know, we, we have found that musicians have a very unique capability of of sort of identifying organization through chaos. They're able to see patterns. Uh, they're able to take a lot of sort of chaotic um, you know, structure and, and create organization around it. Uh, same thing with people who ha- have a financial uh, background. They're able to sort of dive into the minutia and, uh, and provide structure uh, and organization uh, to, to activities, whether it's an incident response issue, whether it's forensics or log analysis. Uh, so we've been able to take that, that that sort of capability and and sort of reorient them and retrain them on, on a security mindset, and we've had a tremendous amount of success. I'll, I'll also say as well, and this is more of a generic category, but, but millennials in general, they come to the table with um, sort of a, a passion and, and an eagerness to be able to take on uh, chaotic situations and non sort of structured and you know well formulated uh, processes and be able to create uh, that structure and that organization uh, themselves so um, you know we've we've taken people who you know from from a millennial mindset without any security training and had a tremendous amount of success in getting them adapted to the security uh, structure Dale drew thanks for joining us. Struggling to secure on-prem apps with modern identity? Don't worry, you're not alone. Join industry leaders from Fortune 500 organizations to secure your apps on any cloud with any IDP, regardless of your environment's complexity. Meet Strata's identity orchestration platform, Mavericks. Say goodbye to the headaches of app refactoring and legacy tech debt. With Identity Orchestration, you can modernize legacy apps to use MFA or passwordless authentication in a few weeks, migrate from one IDP to another, and so much more without changing the app. 
No matter your IAM use case, Strata extends the value of your current identity investments. And the best part? You can try it for free today. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire to share your biggest identity challenge. And they'll hook you up with a complimentary pair of AirPods Pro. Don't miss out. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire. That's strata.io slash cyberwire. My guest today is Gene Stevens. He's the chief technology officer and co-founder of ProtectWise, a cybersecurity company out of Colorado. ProtectWise caught our eye at Black Hat earlier this year, and I mean that literally. It was their unusual user interface that made one of our editors stop in his tracks to check them out. After the show, I caught up with Gene Stevens to learn more about ProtectWise and why they think user interface design is an important component of cybersecurity. We focus heavily on the network, but we are building a large-scale platform uh, that is delivered from the cloud that allows us to absorb a lot of the signal more widely across the entire enterprise. One of the things that caught our eye when we saw your product at Black Hat this year was uh, the interface itself. Uh, you know, in a world of command line interfaces, yeah. uh, you yeah. all have taken the, the trouble to build something that is actually, I will say, quite beautiful. Absolutely. That was um, a top priority for us. Visualization is a core product. It's not an afterthought. We live in a market uh, that is, you know, a lot of security pieces of software, a lot of uh, point products are very much organized. They look like a Linksys router, you know. Um, And so we wanted to differentiate in that space and try to excite the imagination and the level of interest, that beauty, um, that sense of of, of form and function being well unified. Um, And we wanted to create something that generates also like a sense of identity and attachment to the system and the technology that you use on a daily basis, make that very pleasant for people. And so for us, we went deep on this. Actually, we went out to Hollywood and met a guy who was the lead designer for Digital Domain uh, in Hollywood and did the creative direction for movies such as Tron Legacy, uh, Terminator Salvation, that Oblivion movie with Tom Cruise, Morgan Freeman, and look at all the sci-fi interfaces. And from the audience perspective, and I know I have done this many times, I look at that and so, wow, technology does not work that way. But it, can't you imagine, wouldn't it be neat to live in a place, you know, in a, in a future state where that stuff was real? And so we thought to ourselves, well, why can't it be? Why can't we create something like this and use it to help um, reinvigorate enterprise security and sh- help also shift that uh, psychology that sentiment away from that cynical sense that our, our products are, are, are weak, they're modest, they're not very engaging, they miss a lot of stuff and say, I can imagine a future state for myself, my architecture, my team. We wanted to do that in a beautiful, in a beautiful manner. You know, it, it kind of reminds me of the old days with, with the old Mac versus Windows debate where people would say yeah. that the, you know, the graphical user interface, there were people who would turn their noses up and say, well, that must be a toy if it, if it looks that <laughs> good. Do, do you ever get that sort of response from people? Um, not very often, believe it or not. I, I am actually somewhat surprised uh, on the warmth of the reception on front. We, we felt like we would have to fight more cynicism to say, but trust us, it really works, you know, that kind of idea. Um, and I want to be very careful and say that we do not uh, disregard the command line. In fact, um, I have command line terminals on my desktop right now. And if you're amongst our engineering team, you see a lot of command line out there. Um, and a lot of security happens at that level. But what we wanted to do was put something on top of that that brought forward in a very straight 
straight manner the power of that kind of functionality, but in the workflow and team and collaboration opportunities that you can do in these graphical environments. And then to couple that with saying, hey, instead of showing me like the top five or top 10 things in my very large surface area that I need to be focused on, don't, which is all oriented around how much data can we hide from you? We decided to take on a visual metaphor that said, well, let's show everything and make it possible to zero in on the stuff that matters most, but against hiding data, let's promote it and use the human's uh, capability of reasoning spatially about even very sophisticated and challenging signal-rich environments. Take that ability and make that an intermediate experience. And so, uh, obviously, at no small expense to you to to do this. And mm-hmm. has it paid off? Has it, has it been a worthwhile investment so far? Absolutely. So, from a pure business strategy perspective, it has been really phenomenal. It was a good early decision that we made. Um, it's paid very well. We get a lot of recognition for it. We get a lot of attention for it. And it allows people to have a conversation like, so that we now have the positive version of that cynical question, which you asked uh, you know, a moment ago, do we get that cynical version? We don't, because we got through this. At the end of the day, we're technologists, we're nerds, we love the opportunity to do new and creative things with technology, right? And so we're capturing that little glimmer of hope that something out there is really pleasant and works really well. And so the pivot in the conversation normally goes in that direction where we're able to actually get people excited, which helps us tremendously from a business perspective, but also helps our customers get comfortable with the breadth and reach of our technology, um, which due to the nature of it, it gets pretty deep, gets pretty deep, uh, far into the bits and the bytes and the esoteric matters of enterprise security. We can allow that sense of wonder and that sense of joy and a sense of accuracy to go all the way down. So take me behind the screen then. We've, we've got this interface mm-hmm. uh, that's engaging. What's going on under the hood? That is a real-time system you're looking at there. Um, and so what you are seeing is uh, that interface is HTML5, CSS, JavaScript, that kind of stuff, right? There's, there's no static images. It's all vectors, um, SVG. And it is wired in real-time to a set of streaming APIs that relay data at the same rate at which occurs on our platform. And so what you're seeing now is maybe time-shifted only by latency of internet delivery from our cloud server to your web browser. And so with that in mind, it's sitting on top of this strong real-time system. So under the covers, there's a very different approach to how analytics and how analysis happens in security. And we think it actually creates opportunity to stitch a lot of things together and allow them to have uh, a conversation that promotes denoising the stack and allows you to actually have uh, a wide view uh, concurrently over even very widely distributed architecture, your DMZ, the enterprise, your corporate HQ, remote locations, the cloud, industrial control, it all works in all those assets at the same time. So that's very much under the covers. What you're seeing is that kind of living, breathing system, the inhale and exhale of the network. That's Gene Stevens. He's the chief technology officer and co-founder of ProtectWise. And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening.
Hey, listeners. We're always looking for ways to improve the N2K CyberWire network and maintain the intelligence-driven news experience that keeps you in the know on the latest developments in cybersecurity. We've launched our 2024 audience survey and would love for you to take a few minutes to share your feedback. And hey, there's even a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card if you complete the survey. Visit cyberwire.com slash survey. That's cyberwire.com slash survey and share your feedback now. Now. 